I'm Maeve Doyle, and we're at J.D. Mallet Gallery uh, speaking to Kojo Marfa and J.D. Mallet for the fifth Art in Mayfair. And Kojo's participating in what is now the annual Mayfair Sculpture Trail, a collaboration with Mayfair Art Weekend. And your piece was installed on Bond Street this morning. Hello, Kojo. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm super excited to um, be part of this um, whole project. And um, it's amazing to actually see my sculpture in um, Bond Street. It's amazing for me as well. I spoke to you a year ago when you had your Dreaming of Identity show at J.D. Mallet Gallery, and you actually made reference to wanting to move into sculpture. So to see it come into fruition in less than a year is, well, it speaks to your work ethic. <laughs> It is, it is amazing. I mean, like I said, I wasn't actually... Um, sculpture was something that I struggled. Um, initially, I was like, should I get involved or not? Because um, it is one field that I know there are a lot of critics, so I was a bit more kind of careful. But then now I feel more confident to actually be part of it and, um, and be able to actually exhibit it with um, Mayfair Art Weekend. And the Sculpture Trail. Um, it's amazing and um, I feel like it's an opportunity for me to actually showcase um, my work and also opportunity for people to actually see it. Well, there were enough paparazzi around you this morning. I felt like I was on a Fellini set or there was a red carpet being <laughs> rolled out. <laughs> it was amazing to actually stand there and see um, photographers around taking photos of me and taking photos of the... Um, the sculptors well. So I think it will be an, an amazing opportunity for the general public to be able to see something that if they don't go to galleries or museums, they probably wouldn't have the opportunity to see it. So. And you, you know something about that. You grew up in Ghana. And I remember when we spoke last year, you said that a lot of your references were through traditional art and artifacts and stories passed down through your mother and grandmother. Yeah, um, it is. it is something that I always say because growing up you hear stories, you hear things that I'll say either they are true or not, you don't know. But it's like they pass it on to you and you have to actually analyze it yourself and digest it the way you want it. And if you wanna accept it, that's fine. So these stories, some of them are amazing and you listen to them and <laughs> you just start laughing because it's, you get older and then you think about it and then you'll be like, Okay, this was just Another story to entertain children, so I get it. And um, your grandmother was a healer. My great grandmom was um, a healer, traditional healer. Um, that was her life, and that was. Um, but it's really funny because um, in my family we have Catholics, we have Jehovah's Witness, we have Evangelical Christians, and we have Muslims. So it's a mix of everyone in there. And um, we used to live in a house that was a courtyard. So every Saturday, Sunday, everyone is around, everyone. There's always an argument about some crazy stuff on TV or radio. And um, it's so amazing to actually see all these people. It wasn't a perfect, but it was also... Um, good to educate me because I used to sit down and just watch them and um, constantly bickering about something that happened and uh, it's always kind of an uh, educative sort of thing for me to sit at home and observe it and it helped me with my thinking as well growing up. Part of me thinks that's why you felt so at home when you moved to London. The, the diversity and multiculturalism of a city like London just suited you and I remember you saying it was in a way a university for you just living here. London is, 
<laughs> one of the biggest melting pots in the world, it has problems. But the good thing is we all get on very well. And we'd be bored without problems. <laughs> you live in this city, and I always say this, that if you live in this city for a very long time, you think you understand the world we live in because you actually meet everyone. You meet people from all backgrounds, um, religion and creed and everything. So you get to know people very well. And it gives people the idea that they actually know everyone. <laughs> that is something that really amazed me. It gives me the opportunity to actually understand that I live in a city that constantly teaching me, constantly educating me, constantly helping me to um, understand how to treat everyone. Because if you walk into the underground or if you're walking on a train or buses, there are different people from different backgrounds and we all minding our own business, sitting down quietly and um, <laughs> we don't, you don't see all of us on each other's neck, uh, killing each other. <laughs> there are a lot of things that goes on in the city that are not pleasant, but that is like that tiny little bit. And the best side of it, we don't actually get to hear it, which is what it is, but it is an amazing city to live in and to learn and to understand people's culture. Yeah, maybe you're changing that. Maybe the best side of it is putting the visuals on the street like we did this morning with your piece, Treasure of the Heart. Treasure of the Heart is about humanity. It's about society. It's about how we embrace each other. There's two figures kind of embracing each other. They are not lovers. Um, I'm actually trying to tell society that we could actually embrace each other rather than seeing each other as a threat, seeing... The person you meet is not a threat to you, it's not your enemy. But automatically, most often when we meet someone, we put our guards up, we see an enemy rather than seeing someone, a friendly, kind human being that we could actually relate to. But because we don't talk to them, because we have this misconception of everyone that we meet is a threat, we always put our guards up and we don't treat them like human beings. Yeah, and this is where I'll stop and and take a moment to go back to 2020 when you entered a competition that J.D. Malik Gallery had. And John David met you and... uh, Yeah. Hi. 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 I remember that show. Can you talk a little bit about how you met? Yeah, we we met in uh, in summer 2020 when I wanted to relaunch the gallery after after the pandemic. So my team and myself decided to do this uh, competition called Isolation Master. So we had uh, more than 2,000 applications, actually, and we chose 25 artists, uh, me and the judge from, uh, from the competition. So we have judges like uh, Dylan Jones, uh, Simon de Puri, uh, Kevin Turk, um, and we chose 25 artists, and Kojo was one of the select artists. And I remember when Kojo came to the gallery, he bring his, uh, his painting. We just had a kind of connection, just love the work uh, I received uh, through, uh, through emails before. But when the work arrived, I really like had something with, uh, with the work. And Kojo also, he was here and we get on very well together. And I think the, the show was not finished that I went to uh, Kojo Marfo Studio. We had a beer, we talk. I stay there for, for a few hours and we just very quickly decide to work together. So this is a very nice uh, this is a very nice story. Yeah. How everything starts. And it's true everything went very, very quick. When I participated in the um, the show, 
you know, usually you do these things thinking um, another gallery artist calling, on, uh, yeah, whatever. But I had a phone call, I think it was one Saturday, and I um, had a phone call from one of the ladies in the um, gallery who called me to say that, hey, we have selected you to participate in um, Isolation Master. And initially I was like, okay, now I have to think about it. <laughs> so it was more like, instead of going, hey, I was like, okay, what have I got myself into? <laughs> so, yeah, because you're careful. Yeah, at that point I was like, so she was actually, the lady on the phone was like really like hey congratulations, congratulations. <laughs> you've done and i was like thank you thank you so after that i was like no it was it it was nice it was a nice story you it know, was because, a great you know, show you know we, yeah it was a really good show and, it was a really and good also show. during this week all the all the all the sales were going directly to the artist so it was just to help artists local artists because we couldn't do it internationally it was a bit complicated so we opened the show for artists based in uk and I have to say, you were ahead of everybody who mm. wanted to do that. Yeah. So that speaks to your experience as a gallerist, an art dealer. You really had that lined up before other people started doing mm. it. And that show sort of set a trend. But what was phenomenal was how Kojo's work stood out as a different and new kind of figuration. And you and I, Kojo, talked about it when you had your next show with J.D. Mallet, which was in July 2021, and it was called Dreaming of Identity. I believe it was sold out before it opened, because I know there was very little to buy <laughs> on the opening night. Most of his shows are sold out before they <laughs> open, so yeah. it's, it's, it's amazing. So what's different about his work? Why do you think it speaks to so many people? I, I know when I see it, but... No, the thing also is Kojo doesn't produce that much work, you know, it just goes with a certain number of pieces per year. There is no pieces on the market, you know, it's it, the way he does it, he needs to be inspired, he needs to have his time, he needs to be ready in his head to be able to paint. So, of course, when you do a show and you showed 15 or 20 works, the collector are already uh, prepared to get one of them. Yeah, I must compliment you as a dealer because so many dealers would like someone like Kojo to sign a licensing contract <laughs> and start making things for everyone. And, and you're sticking to a traditional way of nurturing him, which has been wonderful. His ascent is everyone's talking. You know, Kojo, also, you don't like to be pushed. He has to take his time. So it's, it's, it's the way he is and he works very well. And I, actually, I'm not, I'm not in a rush. And if he say, no, JD, I can't, you know, I say, okay, fine, no worries. I get the feeling you're friends. Yeah, we are. We are <laughs> we, no, we are, we are very close to each yeah. other. You know, we, we, we get on uh, together uh, often, we go for drinks or lunch or dinner. Or, you know, we, it's, 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 it's a relationship that you need to have. We are friends. If, um, I mean, it's, it's also good to actually work with a gallery where you feel like you relate to the people, you can relate to the people, so it makes it easy to actually um, work with. When, when we have a meeting in a gallery, it takes him maybe 30 minutes before <laughs> to come to my office. <laughs> I, believe me, <laughs> he, he talk, I... He talks to everyone in the gallery, you know, so it's like, you know, it's like, what is, where is Kojo? No, Kojo <laughs> is here, but, you know, he's been uh, around the gallery talking to the people, so it's, it's nice, you know, people love his, uh, his energy.
I've seen him in my neighborhood too. <laughs> and even for dinner, his dinner will go for six hours because everybody joins the table. Yeah. You usually eat El Fresco in Shepherd Market <laughs> and nobody doesn't visit the table you're at. I enjoy talking to people, I think. The best way to treat people, and my grandma used to say to me, is, everyone is intelligent until they open their mouth. So um, you always have to give people the chance to talk. And if you give them the chance to say a few things, you could then work out who they are. And um, if you manage to work out who they are, then you know how to deal with people. She always say, you have to be a very good observer. If not, you actually walk into traps every day because um, let the people speak and you get to know them. So any time when we're young, we go to places and we come back and she's like, how was it? I was like, oh, it was good, it was good. She's like, how was the place? I said, yeah, it was good. We played with the kids, we were fine. I said, no, no, you're not, you're not a good observer. Next time you're not going anywhere, you're not going to anybody's house, you're not going to play with anyone because you come back and tell me everything is good. And then the next two, three days, you tell me what happened. So if you can observe and then come back and say, this and that happened, then we find a solution. But you don't come in and say everything is fine. And then three days time, you'll be like, yeah, this reminds me of this, this reminds me of that. So she taught you how to be in touch with your feelings and yeah. in tune with the people yeah. you spoke to. She always says to me, you can do whatever you like, but always be observant. And usually when you meet someone, and um, like meeting Jean David for the first time, and I just thought, no, this guy, I really like mm -hmm. the vibe, I can work with him. And, um, mm -hmm. It's a very easy way to actually communicate with him and easy way to, because I'm that kind of person. The moment you put restrictions on me, that's it, me and you, mm. we become, <laughs> we're not going to be, we're going to be enemies because the reality is I don't want anyone to put any barriers around me. I just want to be able to relate to everyone like the way I'll talk to the young kid. I want the same way, like, hey, how are you? How is it going? And it doesn't, I don't want it to become a bit too difficult. And then meeting him, it was easy to actually communicate with him. So last year during your painting show, you said you were a figurative painter, but you wanted to make sculpture. And people would speak about you uh, during that show and say you, had a, you were like a new look in figurative painting. Now, you've just installed Treasures of the Heart on Bond Street with Art and Mayfair. It's a part of Mayfair Sculpture Trail, and it's in collaboration with Mayfair Art Weekend. So I'm guessing you had a lot to do with this piece coming into fruition. Yeah, of course. It's a, it's a common decision. We produce a small edition that is here in a gallery in, uh, in bronze last year. And we, we decide together to do this largest version. So this is his first step into sculpture, but we have a lot of projects and a lot of sculpture are coming in the next few months, few years. But I think it's an amazing beginning for him. And for you? And for me, of course. What, what do you think about public sculpture? For an artist like Kojo Marfaux, it's, it's important for him. Why? To go in that direction. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's, uh, it's, it's important for an artist to show also different side of your work, you know, in terms of sculpture, paintings, um, drawings. And, and, you know, for a long time, I think almost since the beginning we, we met, we always talk about, yeah, let's think about sculpture and let's do sculpture. And one day we wake up and we just were in the same uh, mood and we say, okay, let's do it now. We're going to make it happen. And we make it happen. It took a few months to make it work. And... When I see today the, the, the large sculpture on Bond Street, it was, uh, it was beautiful, you know, to actually to make it happen. As a gift to the community. Yeah, of course, of course, beautiful. 
Yeah, Kojo, you also said you gain a lot of strength from objects and, and from artwork. Yeah, um, it gives me... Um, see, the thing about art in general is, I mean, just, there are a lot of people who are not even into arts. I mean, what I'll say to them is very therapeutic. I mean, the moment you get into it and you get into it deeper, you find freedom and, and it helps you to sometimes forget about your problems. <laughs> Solve your problems. Yeah, I mean... What I do is um, I use it to um, tell human story, and sometimes human stories are very difficult to stomach. But um, it also helps me to also listen to other people's problems, and then use it. I mean, what I do is I take people's problems, stories. I call it story rather than problems. <laughs> people's stories and um, put it behind the artwork. So usually when you see the artwork. I try to make it so strong in terms of color that it draws you in. And then when you get in there, then you actually find out more about it. The stories behind it is always the most important thing. I always say it's easy to create the image, the, the, the piece, but it is very sort of like hard to hear or find a good story to put behind the artwork. So all the color has been taken out of the sculpture. You're a colorist. Yeah, um, I took the colors off. Um, I just wanted to represent a sculptor and not just another artist creating something that will splatter some colors on it and just something vibrant. I took the colors off for it to become a sculptor because when you walk into um, a park or you walk into a museum or gallery, the sculptors are just one color either in bronze or in a dark color or whatever colors they put on it. But the reason I like it like that is it gives the viewer um, a more sort of personal connection to... Because the moment I put colors on it, the viewer will get distracted and then they will start relating the sculptor to my paintings. And I don't want that to happen. I want separation mm. um, between the sculptor and the paintings I do. The paintings I do, uh, um, I took the idea from sculptors. So all the sculptures I'm doing and I'm going to be doing in the future are uh, ideas that I had, which was came from seeing sculptures. And then sculptures I, like traditional African sculpture, Picasso. Yeah, um, art in general, I mean, what I see, and especially the sculptors, sculptors in London in general, because I live in London and I kind of, it's very difficult. Apparently we have over 100,000 something uh, statues or sculptors in London alone and um Sometimes you have to go around to actually find them. And Mayfair Sculpture Trail, um, I think, gives people the opportunity to go to one area and be able to actually go around and see all sculptors. Um, and unless you know where you're going. So this idea of actually having sculptors in Mayfair alone is actually amazing. And it's an opportunity for everyone to go out mm-hmm. weekends or whatever day they could find time to actually go out and explore. What I am Are doing... you going to do a guided tour? <laughs> I put you on the spot. Tell, tell me about the title. The title of the piece is Treasure of the Heart. Treasure of the Heart. I mean, the reason why I title it like that is... Um, most often when you see two figures together, automatically your brain goes lovers or something like that. And um, it's neither, I mean, it's got nothing to do with lovers, but it's more to do with what we have in common as human beings. And um, I really feel like there is a lot that we have in common than what separates us as human beings. And um, by putting these two figures embracing, it's more like we as humanity embracing each other. Um, rather than seeing each and everyone we meet as our 
sort of enemy or some, someone who's going to come and put their hands in our pocket or something like that. So the idea, yes, you could interpret it as lovers, but not lovers in a form of romantic way, but it's a way of saying that, look, we could all embrace each other no matter what the background of the person is. Mm. This is consistent with you. You talked about love and different words for love in the last interview mm. we did. So I know that's important for you to value all kinds of love. Yeah. And love of community is part of that. Well, I mean, my idea is, look, I mean, like I said earlier, you, um, if you give anyone the chance for them to express themselves, you will actually get to know them. And the moment you allow them to speak, you allow them to actually be who they want to be. It's entirely up to you, the individual, how you're going to categorize them. But, I mean, no, everyone have the right to exist. Everyone have the right to be who they want to be. So all you have to do is basically, either you embrace them or you allow them to live, to exist as human beings because you have no right to actually determine who that person should be and how they should be. And um, I think everyone have the right to be who they want to be. If you don't like it, you just allow them to exist in their own way. That's the kind of strength you'll get from Treasure of the Heart on Bond Street. It's a part of Mayfair Sculpture Trail and Art in Mayfair, a collaboration with Mayfair Art Weekend on Bond Street. Kojo is represented by J.D. Mallet Gallery. Drop by, you won't be disappointed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for And congratulations. Me. Thank you.